Authority. That is a word loaded with meaning and connotation for just about all of us. In some respects, I have come to the conclusion the spirit of the times in which we live today very much resembles the spirit of the times present here in America 50 years ago. Think 1968. Then as now, there was tremendous societal pressure, rapid changes taking place, protest, counter-protest, strong racial tensions, growing gaps between the generations, and a great distrust of authority. Both institutions and individual figures of authority. So what have we learned in the course of 50 years since 1968? Hopefully we have learned something. Hopefully we have learned a few things about authority from the history we have lived. Hopefully we've learned some things about our own selves, about what truly matters. Hopefully, as it concerns authority, we have learned about truthfulness and integrity. Hopefully we have learned about understanding and compassion, because without these things, there is no credibility in authority. I vividly recall what former Southeastern District President Dr. Richard Hintz said in a meeting when I was a newly minted pastor 30 years ago. And what he said then is just as relevant and applicable today, and what he said is this, the only legitimate, authentic, and useful authority we have in the church is one which makes itself known in humble and loving service. I've shared that definition with you before, and I think it's appropriate to share it again now. I find myself often reflecting back on what President Hintz said so many years ago. They have been something, they are something on which I strive to base my own life and ministry. So in today's gospel lesson, we are told of the reaction the people in Capernaum had to Jesus' teaching in their synagogue. They were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. And then we hear that again at the end of the gospel reading. That is the scripture verse for the week ahead, that bold blue verse. And they were all amazed so that they questioned among themselves saying, what is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. Jesus' authority isn't grounded on what others have said or what others have done. Jesus' authority is grounded in who he is. And who he is was clearly revealed at his, there it is, over there, that's what I was pointing at, uh, his baptism by John and the Jordan River, which we celebrated a couple of weeks ago because it's here at the Jordan, at his baptism, 
that we see the dove ascending in the form of uh, it, the Holy Spirit ascend, descending in the form of a dove and the Father's voice resounding over the waters, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Jesus' authority, his life and ministry, his preaching and teaching, his suffering, his death, his resurrection for us and for our salvation are all grounded in who he is as God's chosen and beloved son. And because of all that God in Christ has done for us, we are called to obey, not grudgingly, not half-heartedly, not grumbling, but with thanksgiving and with joy. Serving Jesus, living in community, our epiphany focus continues this day with the theme called to obey. May the Lord's rich and abundant blessing rest upon the preaching and the hearing and the living of his word for Jesus' sake. At an early age, we learn to obey, right? With rules that are established at home by our parents, rules that are part of school life by your teacher, but at some point along the way, and you know where this is going, we like to see how far we can get with not obeying, right? We experiment with disobedience, talking back, arguing with mom or dad, staying out past our curfew, going over the speed limit, this is just scratching the surface, a whole bunch of stuff that you can add to that list. And in testing the boundaries, we can become defiant in our disobedience, insisting that the rules apply to everybody else, but not to me, because I'm different, right? Or we rationalize our way around the established rules, because we don't want our freedom to be restricted and boxed in to obey, whether as a child or an adult, it don't come easy. So it is very ironic what we read in the gospel lesson for today then. A demon-possessed man pops up in the very synagogue where Jesus himself is preaching and teaching. That would have been very bizarre, wouldn't it? But real then and now. The man pops up and the demon shrieks out through his voice, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. We ought to note that in Mark's gospel reading, the people you would think who would know who Jesus is don't. And the people you wouldn't expect to know who he is do. God's chosen people, the children of Israel, they're clueless. They don't want to know, quite frankly. And it's the outsiders, the Gentiles, the foreigners, and the demons who always know 
who Jesus is. Well, Jesus rebukes that demon and he expels them, casts him out from the poor man saying, be silent and come out of him. And my friends, Jesus would do the same for each one of us today as well with whatever in our lives today may set itself against the Lord Jesus Christ and his rule and reign in our lives. The Lord Jesus and his power and authority would expel that from us as well. Will we allow him that access to do that good work? Here's the irony. The demon obeys Jesus. Well, not so ironic. We would expect that. We would expect demons to obey Jesus as the Son of God. They really don't have a choice but to obey him. The irony is with us. Why do we have such difficulty obeying Jesus? Like the demons, we too know who Jesus is. He is the Holy One of God, our Savior, our Lord, but we are not demons. We are God's beloved sons and daughters, created in his image, purchased with the cleansing blood of Jesus, shed for our sins on the tree of the cross, washed clean in the cleansing waters of holy baptism, marked with the cross of Christ, sealed by the Holy Spirit for life eternal. Why then, why is it that we have such a problem in obeying the Lord Jesus. We want to serve my will rather than thy will. We confuse liberty with license and freedom with foolishness. And this is what Paul is talking about in the epistle reading for today where freedom in the gospel may in fact turn into a curse rather than a blessing, it in fact may become devilish because it serves as a stumbling block, something that will trip up people, fellow believers in the body of Christ. Our obedience, our disobedience, impacts the lives of others and there is this domino effect that takes place. Paul writes, you heard it, take care that this right of yours doesn't somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will he not be encouraged, if his conscience is weak, to eat food offered to idols? And so by your knowledge, this weak person is destroyed. The brother or sister for whom Christ died, thus sinning against your brothers and sisters and wounding their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother or sister stumble, I will never eat meat, lest I make them stumble. Context here is in the Greco-Roman world, 
in the Eastern Mediterranean of the first century, there were pagan temples all over the place. And for followers of Jesus who had neighbors or friends who were themselves not followers of Jesus, they would receive invitations to uh, come to this banquet, come have dinner, and it might in fact be at that pagan temple where there were often banquet halls attached. And the entree, the main course, would be meat that was offered in sacrifice to that pagan idol. For a strong believer, it's a non-issue because I know where I stand in my faith in Jesus. This idol is nothing, it means nothing, it has no power. But for someone in their own faith life who's not at that point to see a fellow believer there, it can cause confusion and uncertainty. That's what Paul is talking about here. You see, our freedom in Christ is not rooted in ourselves. Our freedom is rooted in Christ himself, who submitted not only his will, but his very life to that of the Father. He became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. So how we use this God-given gift of freedom in Christ matters. It matters greatly. And it concerns not just our own individual selves, but the lives of others around us, people for whom Christ gave his life. Having given his life to set us free from sin and death, Jesus now calls us to obey. What does that look like? We heard it in the confession an absolution this morning, we spoke it together. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us. Why? So that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. That's what obedience looks like. It's not under compulsion. It's not forced. It's not begrudgingly done. It is delighting in God's will and walking in his ways to the glory of his holy name, not because we have to, but because we want to by the power of the Holy Spirit who is at work in us. Jesus calls us, having set us free, to obey and follow him because it is in obeying and following him that we are truly free. How will we use this gift of freedom then in obeying the Savior? Well, in the week ahead, we will have opportunity to serve, to obey, to follow. Our congregation will be serving at a local hypothermia shelter, together with members at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Springfield, ministering to the homeless in our community. Let us remember each of these people, each of these homeless individuals, they have a name, 
They have a life. They have a story, just like we do. They too are people who are loved by the Lord. They too are people for whom Jesus gave his life. And now, having been set free from sin and death by the authority of Jesus and his power over every evil and sin and death itself, Jesus calls us to a new obedience, a new command that we love one another as he has loved us. And my friends, that's what obeying Jesus looks like. We're called to obey for the sake of love. As Christ has loved us, let us go forth to love one another. God help us to do this for Jesus' sake. Amen.